This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in the glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for kindly joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I am joined by yet another phenomenal guest. My guest today is a woman by the name of Zara Karsan. So before we go into the dialogue here and plug a little bit about Zara's bio, uh, given how expansive the listenership is, I just want to firstly thank my sponsors, Halt and Honda, and Forever for believing in myself, the content, and the program. I also wish to quickly thank my family over at C-Suite Radio Network, which, where, of course, once we are completed with the live show, you can eventually find the podcast link over on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So who is my guest today? Well, my guest is a spitfire by the name of Zara Carson. Zara is certified as an NLP practitioner. Zara is a trusted success coach to high-performance executives and a public speaker. She is the best-selling author of How Do You Take Your Happy and has a TV show on Transformation TV. Her company, Get Zend, offers a suite of products that include online video training, a success boot camp class, and an award-winning app to help you stay on track with your goals. With over 20 years of experience as a management consultant and corporate coach, goal setting and producing results became second nature for Zara. She now coaches corporations and industry leaders on how to live and work better. Zara also works on the Passion Project with Honey Shine Inc. to empower young girls and teach emotional resilience. Wow, what a repertoire. Welcome to the show, (laughs) Zara. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Lisa? I'm doing really well, thank you. And I just want to say thank you for the gift of your time. You're clearly off the hook here and you've, you know, got a huge roster of things that keep you busy in terms of empowering other people to empower themselves. So I just want to say kudos to you for doing the good work here that we're so desperately in need of. And congratulations on all of your success. It's truly working for you and and what an honor it is for you to know within yourself that you're on the right path, honoring your own spirit and your own journey in terms of taking your message, your brand uh, to connect with the masses and the collective. So good on you, Zara. Oh, thank you so much for that. And and right back at you, Lisa. Honestly, it's so wonderful to connect with people in a space who are, you know, committed to helping the world be a better place and helping us all live better. So I think of it as a as a movement, if you will. And uh, so so kudos to you and, and all of the work that you do as well. And thank you for having me on this show. I'm, I'm really excited to be here today. 
Well, we're really excited to have you, and thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate that. And as we talked about before, in advance of us going live here today, you know, we've talked about the fact that there's no coincidences. Vibe attracts tribes. So the <laughs> fact that our synergies aligned, I couldn't be more grateful for that. And I know that the listeners are in for an awesome show here, as you uh, being my guest. So why don't we just dive into the inception of your journey? At what point in your life, whether it be based on a cathartic experience or something that was in your own backstory happening and occurring for you in your own life that you made the shift and you got the clarity in which to go, okay, there's a bigger purpose here. There's a bigger meaning here. And this is the way in which I know I want to navigate my journey so that I can do what I'm intended to do here. Um, That's a great question, Lisa. Thank you. I mean, firstly, I think for as long as I can remember, honestly, I have been wanting to work with children um, and really make a difference in the world. And I I had no idea what that mechanism would be or how I would come to do that. Mm -hmm. I just knew that it's something I always wanted to do. Um, Then I found myself, you know, as a management consultant, for years I'd been coaching and mentoring and, and leading people. And I always knew that I... I found great joy in, you know, helping people be the best version of themselves. And so it was a few years back now, um, I, you know, I had honestly, I'd ended a relationship and I was taking a girl's trip to Italy <laughs> to get Lovely. Inside. It was wonderful. Um, I would highly recommend it to any of you listening as well. Um, I really just, you know, I wanted, I've always been interested in finding something every day that either excited me or inspired me, and that's sort of how I lived my life. And so I set off to, you know, a place in the world where there was great beauty, natural beauty, history, fashion, just anything that could light up my senses. Um, And I had no idea where it would lead ultimately, but I was actually, you know, it was sort of before summer and before peak season. And I was, I was on a, a trip to the Amalfi Coast and my girlfriend was off in one corner journaling and I took some space at that moment. And I really just said, okay, you know, I believe in, in, you know, connection to the higher self and universe and sort of paying attention to the signs and intuition. And I really had no idea when I asked this question, what was going to come out of it. But um, I asked the question, you know, just just give me a sign. Just tell me what am I meant to do here? What is my purpose here? And then all of a sudden I saw a book. It was called The Road to Happy. I saw the book cover clear as day. I saw being a speaker and speaking engagements and coaching and working with kids. And I thought, and it was big. It was really, really big, <laughs> this vision. And I kind of freaked myself out a little bit because I thought, whoa, you know, I'm, I'm a management consultant right now. I, I do great work. I enjoy my work. But this was so far removed from what I was doing day to day in my work at that time. Love it. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. Um, anyway, fast forward, I just sort of shelved that. And I thought, well, that's interesting. A couple years, you know, after that, I had already started working on the app at this point because I was looking for a set of tools that incorporated all I learned in, you know, 26 years of self-exploration and self, you know, the interest and commitment to self-evolution, if you will, and trying to uncover and understand the human condition because I've always just found that really fascinating So my background is psychology, and then I was trained in NLP, which is essentially, it's neuro-linguistic programming, 
um, which for those of you who don't know, I'll just explain very quickly. It's essentially the fundamental dynamics between our neurology or our mind, the language of our conscious and unconscious, which is how we interface with ourselves, thinking, you know, think inner dialogue, and how we interface with others. Um, and then it's how those two interplay and affect our body and our behavior, which is the programming piece of NLP. Um, so if you want to simplify that, it's essentially the study of how successful people move past their blocks so that they can be more effective, more productive, um, and, and live fuller, more joyful lives. Um, so I started down this work, and, and I was looking for a set of tools, which is why I set out to build the app, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into more of yeah, that later. Yes. Um, you know, and then I was still working in the corporate world while I was building the app and I was sort of doing them both at the same time. Um, when all of a sudden, and I always knew I was going to write a book. I just didn't know what or when it would be. And then I had this wonderful vision that said to me, you should write a book on happiness. And I thought, okay. So, you know, I learned, right. So I learned all of these wonderful tools from studying, psychology, positive psychology, leadership, success training, and then all of my training in the NLP world. And when I did my training in NLP, I realized, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the vehicle. This is how I'm going to help children. What if, you know, what what took me, for example, 26 years to work on and chisel away at, what if we could get that to people earlier? And what I mean by that is, it's the human experience to, at a very early age, usually before the ages of seven or eight, we come up with some form of not feeling like we're enough. Mm-hmm. And then we start to put in place limiting beliefs and limiting decisions as an automatic, unconscious strategy. And then we spend the next 20-odd years trying to unpack that and figure out how we can move past those limitations we somehow unconsciously automatically put on ourselves. So true. Right? And I thought, this is the work that I want to do. I think this is the ticket. I think this is what I was meant to do. I knew because it lit me up, Lisa. Like, my whole body was just tingling when I, you know, when I found this connection. And I thought, this is how I'm going to help children. So now I work with uh, Honey Shine, which is a nonprofit organization, which you mentioned in the intro. Um, and I work with them and I teach them, you know, the things that I wish I knew 20 years ago, which was, you know, what if you could reach these kids at 8 or 10 or 12 or 15 and teach them how to rem- how to stop negative inner dialogue, how to remove limiting beliefs so that we could live fearlessly. So this is why I love your show and live more powerfully. And so I, I, I just started to step into that. And again, even though I was building the app, I didn't know at that time what I was going to end up doing. And so I just decided one day, what if, what if I just put my intention out there? And I was having a chat with a friend over coffee and it was summertime. And I just said, what if I could do the things I loved? What if I could travel the world and work with people and children and help them live better and enjoy the journey? And I have no idea how I'm going to get there, but what if that's the intention is just to live a fuller life? And what if my purpose is to help people be happier and more successful beautiful okay i you know and then it began (laughs) (laughs) 
you're you're speaking everything you're saying is resonating with me which is why i'm very grateful to have you on the show and why i know my loyal listeners are going to be sponging this up um because you're hitting upon some of my favorite subject matters and um so i just want to touch upon a few of them briefly just to kind of delve a little bit deeper here so in terms of um, the inner dialogue, we talk about that, my guest and I have each week quite consistently, uh, yeah. we talk about that subject because, yes, we are with ourselves 24-7. It doesn't matter how social you might be, how extroverted you might be, how immersed with teamwork projects or how many people might be around you on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, and conversely, for people like myself who are serial solopreneur, I spend a lot of time on myself uh, with myself for the sake of being able to focus and get the clarity that's required to bang out content and, and to meet deadlines and stuff. And right. so we talk about the fact, yes, how you choose to treat yourself, talk to yourself um, is so pivotal in terms of the output of what you then universally emit energetically to the rest of the world. Right. And languaging you know, how it is we preface things within ourselves. If we're not cognizant of that, if we're not more conscious and selective with our word choosing and our thought processes, then we we sometimes go, okay, well, here I am again. Why is this showing up again? Why, why is this happening again? Without people necessarily connecting the dots on going that there's a correlation between how you're communicating with yourself and what fundamentally does show up in your life, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, thoughts are energy. We've all heard this, but you know, what does it mean? We've heard of affirmations. We've heard of, mm-hmm. you know, the power of positive thinking. We've heard of the importance of visualization or visual motor rehearsal. But, you know, I had sort of figured out, like many of us have after watching movies like The Secret or reading a book or, mm-hmm. um, you know, any of those teachers. You had Jack Canfield on your on your show just recently, um, you know eating up anything they had to say because it was it was so exciting and it was so new and fresh at that time but there's there's more to it if you take you know there's a lot of scientific evidence now so if you take what's coming out from the world of neuroscience and quantum physics for example mm-hmm. when you talk about thought as energy i mean it really is so powerful i think you know there is a quote people have heard the quote the tony robbins quote about massive action yes. but I always like to say that massive action alone is not the key to success because no amount of massive action can ever make up for lack of alignment between your intention or your thoughts and your feeling about it. In other words, right? So your thoughts and your feelings need to be fully aligned Mm -hmm. with your intentions or your goals so that they can actually be realized. And there's an interesting study that correlates uh, the HeartMath Institute in California did did some research. They've done some extraordinary research in the area of uh, physiology of emotions, in the area of heart-to-brain interactions. Um, one of the experiments they did, they had three groups of people holding vials of DNA strands. The first group was told to just have focused thought. And so their intention or their focused thought was to either wind or unwind these vials of DNA. So imagine a group of people sitting there with a vial in each hand, and they're just sitting there focusing their thoughts on either winding or unwinding the DNA strands. There was no, mm-hmm. And there was no change in these DNA strands after, after the samples were examined. Second group was told to focus on a powerful, positive emotion like love or joy. 
And once again, they sat their vials of DNA in hand, and they just focused on this beautiful, powerful feeling. Again, no change. The third group, however, was told to focus their thought on either winding or unwinding the DNA strands and also have an elevated or powerful positive emotion like love or joy. And what they found was at least 25% of those DNA vials had actually wound or unwound the strands. Wow. I mean, this is scientific evidence now that two things. One, that thought as energy is a re- has the real power to create physical change. Mm-hmm. And two, they found that the emotion or feeling actually acts as a catalyst to create that physical change just with our thoughts. So, I mean, you can see why positive thinking and visualization work when you think of an experiment like that. But when you think about, back to your original question, uh, which was more around inner dialogue and thoughts as energy, um, you know, if you really get to a point where you've developed your self-awareness and you, you have a real understanding of where your inner dialogue is coming from, and then you do the necessary work that it takes to sort of reset your mindset, even sort of reorganize your memories and emotional patterns so that they're more aligned with who you're meant to be in a, in a you know, in the sense of creating positive change or being aligned with your purpose. I think there's enormous power in that. Absolutely. Well, this is another thought that simultaneously came to me that I want to, um, you know, put your way and you can further elaborate on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, you know, we know for what it is we do for a living in terms of being accountable to other people and really having to walk or talk and accountability being a huge piece of that. So in order for you to be effective, in order for you to be consciously awake, for you to, uh, you know, incorporate the things that would normally keep you on the straight and narrow and mindful and awakened and et cetera, et cetera. What were some of the preconditioned thoughts or programming that you had to break free of in terms of ridding yourself from the false beliefs and concepts that maybe at one point in your life had kept you stuck? Um, sorry, are you asking about the beliefs or what I needed to do to to remove those? Both. You know, it's kind of, Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> that's that's a very simple answer. The first one is um, I. So I'm Indian. I was born as a non-white female um, in South Africa during apartheid. So um, my huge limiting belief was the overall sense of feeling not good enough. Hmm. And I mean, you know, I suffered humiliation, discrimination at a very young age simply to be born in the skin I was in, which is entirely unfair. And I think that was meant to be part of my journey because had I not gone through, you know, such an extreme um, example of that, Mm -hmm. I might not have been so driven to say, you know what, I do not accept this for my life. I am going to study the human condition and figure out how we can remove these obstacles and limiting beliefs like not being enough of whatever, not strong enough, not smart enough, not beautiful enough, not good enough. They're all forms of not good enough. Um, And I wanted to uncover precisely how to do that so I could do it for myself and then teach other people how to do it. Um, And it, you know, it came with a lot of practice. It came with a lot of reading and studying and research and courses. Um, 
but I was very fortunate uh, at a very young age to be introduced to that sort of body of work. And I, I started it at the age of 19. And, you know, while I thought I was a fairly confident, happy, well together, well adjusted, you know, young teenage girl, um, you know, coming into my 20s, I came face to face with the thought during one of these courses that I really felt racially inferior and I, it made me feel not good enough. And I just, I, I wasn't willing to accept that for my life. And I wasn't willing to have other children, not just, you know, racially. I just mean that the feeling of not good enough being a human experience, I wasn't willing to accept that people had to stop there. I wanted to do something to help. And so that sort of started my journey. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, and you touched upon something else. See, I'm, I'm just, I'm loving this. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving this because the other thing that I quite consistently talk about and I impress upon and uh, with the loyal listeners and, and d- delving deeper with my guest is, you know, a lot of people, and you said this yourself, and I think it's worth kind of reinforcing and going back, circling back a little bit here. So, you know, when you talk about some of the experiences and the challenges you've had in terms of self-perception and preconditioned thought uh, and and really getting clear within yourself, you know, this is not going to be my story. I'm not going to allow this to define me and really working through anything that kind of falls into the category of scarcity or uh, inadequacy or um, preconceived notions of based on your skin color, how you then should behave accordingly or being submissive or being passive or being meek. Um, You know, I talk about that too, even going back to my own personal experience. And this is not uncommon for anybody who's elevated uh, their game in their life, whether you're talking about the Oprah Winfrey's or the Tony Robbins coming from Mm -hmm. being impoverished or, uh, you know, being uh, prejudiced against. Um, You know, it's really having that fundamental core belief in yourself and getting to a point where you can say and identify for yourself, you know what, this is a bit of a blessing that this in fact occurred to me where people might be more apt to go, I'm really sorry that that happened to you or that's so traumatic or that's so unfortunate and that's what compassionate people do and say uh, in terms of expressing empathy and compassion. However, right. you and I both know that we wouldn't necessarily be the people that we are today or doing what we're doing or trying to eradicate some of this unnecessary uh, behavior and thought processes and systemic abuses from occurring with the other generation of people and that for therefore children being the target audience for that and getting them as young as possible Uh, so perhaps we can prevent some of their unnecessary heartache and hardship and issues around self-concept self-worth and Um, self-belief so I I love the fact when people like yourself can look back on once upon a time contrast the difference from before and after as a result of in between doing the work and remaining committed to the work and going you know what I don't know that I would be as compassionate of a human being or as plugged in or is invested to roll up my sleeves and do my part as a contributor or a participant had these situations that resonate with me had not occurred to me. So I love that you said that because for people who are listening, a lot of people are are sponging up this kind of stuff because we all know that we're operating at different levels of self-awareness. We're at different parts within our journey. And some people are going, you know, I don't know how to get out from underneath the rock, whether you call it victimology, whether you call it uh, dwelling 
dwelling on things, living in the past, not being able to move forward. So maybe for the the loyal listeners, uh, Zara, you can maybe impart some of your nuggets, your gems, your (laughs) words of wisdom of of how to deal with maybe those people who are, are plugged in, what you're saying is resonating with them, but they struggle with knowing what is that first step? How do I get out from underneath this? Well, um, it's essentially why I wrote the book. So I wrote a book called How Do You Take Your Happy? Um, Because, you know, 20 years ago, I would have loved for someone to give me a prescriptive guide on what are some of the practical tools I can put in place that take minimal time and will give me quick maximum results. Um, You can see I'm also totally type A because I... (laughs) I like efficiencies, and I need results fast, right? Yes, results-oriented and and purpose-driven. Right, exactly. You know, take meditation for an example. You know, I was raised Indian. I was raised with meditation. I feel very blessed now that it it wasn't a new concept to me in my 20s or 30s or 40s. You know, it it was something I was born with, and having conversations about the soul and spiritual enlightenment and meditation and calming your, you know, calming those voices in your head um, were conversations I had all of my life. Um, But still, I never, it was one of the tools of of 20 tools um, that I talk about in the book, um, which I avoided for a really, really long time because I just couldn't find a way to practice it that resonated with me. You know, it, it just, it all, when I f- first, you know, started reading about it outside of my faith and all of that, I just, it was one of the, it seemed very fluffy to me. It didn't resonate with me. And I finally figured out a way to get the benefits and to meditate and do it in a way that actually felt good for me. And I thought, well, why don't I write about this? Because there are lots of different ways that you can use one of the tools like meditation, which I talk about in the book. Um, because it's so critical to find a calm space. We can't have focus. We can't have clarity. We can't truly be really productive and relaxed in each of the activities we're engaging in in the present moment unless we have the ability to actually find some calm and some quiet in our lives. And even if it's just for five minutes, it's incredibly powerful. It increases focus and productivity by up to 10 times. Shocking. It boosts your immune system by up to 50% and reduces the risk of disease by up to 50%. It can reduce stress by 75%. It can reduce anxiety by up to 30%. It's enormously powerful. Just finding a way to quiet the mind for start with 10 minutes a day, you know, make your way up to 20 or 30 minutes a day, whether that's just going and grounding with nature, sitting in the grass, sitting on the beach, going for a walk, somehow find a way to find some peace. If you can't sit silently and meditate, find a way that works for you. Use a guided meditation. I built one into the Get Zand app, which I created as well, because I wanted to not only give people a guideline for how to put some of these tools into practice, but also give them an easy way to stay on track with those things. Um, So the book, How Do You Take Your Happy?, started as a blog. It started as, you know, basically your question. What is the, you know, if you were to say, what are your top 20 tips for creating more happiness in your life or finding, and this is the key, I think, is a sustainable way to reduce your stress, Mm -hmm. to have more calm, more fun, by the way, which is 
the great part as well. <laughs> you know, better sleep, more productivity. How do we find that? We can find it in moments day to day. But, you know, instead of finding stress relief in a glass of wine or, you know, a walk that we may avoid 10 times and then do once, how do you create a daily practice and then retrain your neurology, your mind-body connection, so that you can sustain that feeling for more than a day? That was really what I wanted to work on. And that's why I wrote the book, How Do You Take Your Happy? And what's also included in there is, you know, from the NLP world of coaching, what we realized is we all actually have a unique set of needs. And these needs are particular, you know, Lisa, what resonates for you and what makes you feel excited and thriving and relaxed and joyful might be different than your brother or your sister or your parent, your child, your cousin, your colleague. You know, if, if one of my colleagues says, Oh, I love, you know, I'm in a relationship where I, I, we engage in two to three hours of fitness a day. Well, that's great. (laughs) I only want to work out maybe an hour a day. (laughs) You know, that doesn't work for me. (laughs) Right. You know, I might be more social than my friends or my partner. Um, so you have to find exactly what that particular combination is for you. And from a coaching perspective, when I'm coaching people one-on-one or in groups, I have them break it down into seven categories. And I put that in the book. And so there's seven categories of needs are physical, number one. You know, what do you need? What are your physical needs for your body? How much food, sleep, water do you need? What do you need your physical environment to look like, both at work and at home? Do you like it a little cluttered? Do you love lots of knickknacks? Do you love family photos everywhere? Do you like it clean so that you feel uncluttered? What particularly do you need to feel as though you're thriving? And here's the other thing. You want to define your needs Not just so, like, you know, I think I like my house clean, so, yeah, let's do that. No, no, no. I mean, if you were to define your needs as though you were your most vibrant self, living your most excited life so that you're truly thriving, that's the difference. That takes it up a notch, right? Absolutely. Number one, your physical needs. Two, what are your social needs? And break it down by, you know, Hours or events per week, for example. How many nights do you need to be social? One or more. And then third is mental. What are your mental needs so that you feel, you know, stimulated and so you feel, um, you know, you've got the right mindset to accomplish everything you need to do? Number four is emotional. You know, what sort of affection do you need in your life? What are your emotional needs in terms of friendship, connection, partnership, your work relationships as well? Number five is educational and intellectual. We need to be challenged and stimulated. I think when people let this go, and people tend to let this go from observation more easily when they get into a relationship because, you know, they they sort of give up a lot of themselves and they become this sort of entity called we. Well, (laughs) you know, whether that's the case or we're doing it just on our own and we get into a bit of a rut, if you're feeling uninspired or bored or unchallenged, I mean, oh, my God, there couldn't be more death to the spirit. You have to keep yourself stimulated in some way. We absolutely need that. There's a beautiful book called um, by Chris Gilbo called The Happiness of Pursuit, not The Pursuit of Happiness, but The right. Happiness of Pursuit, where he talks about the need for intellectual stimulation and always keeping ourselves challenged because we get so much joy and value 
and and a sense of growth and maturity each and every day just from the sheer victory and mastery of something new that we should always have a quest and so that's one of the tools in the book as well <laughs> there's Love actually that. a chapter called ha- always have a quest um, and then number six in terms of needs is financial and then seven is soulful spiritual and I go into detail um, both in the book and in the in the boot camp that's on the online transformation.tv website um, where you can sort of figure out what are your unique needs because one of the things people do um, and I think we get this wrong is you know we talk about goals all the time we talk about what it means to be successful all the time well what if how you define success needs to be redefined so it makes you feel excited? Absolutely. Bingo. Step. Bingo. Right? Well, I mean, before I turn it over and ask you, you where it is people can find your books are and uh, for purchasing, etc., I just want to say I'm, I'm certainly getting my daily dose of meditation <laughs> through you. You have a very soothing voice. You have a oh, very calming you. voice. I'm sure you've probably <laughs> been told that quite a bit from people who have interfaced with you at the client <laughs> level. You really do. You've got a radio voice as well. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so where can people find your book, Sarah? Oh, it's available on Amazon. So if you just Google, how do you take your happy, it should pop up right for you on Amazon. It's available for download uh, digitally right now. So you can get the ebook now and the hard copy will be available in the next month. Amazing. And is there a book number two that, that needs to be birthed? There is. I oh. have, uh, it's probably going to be more um, aligned with. So we're creating. So we created a happiness boot camp based on this book um, on Transformation TV, and we're just, um, you know, producing our success boot camp, uh, which will be released shortly. So I think it's going to be based on that, which will incorporate a lot more of the tools from from the world of neuroscience as well. So. Um, you know, it really speaks to people in terms of giving them practical guides on on how to live and and work better. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to prospective clients, uh, you know, I know that you're probably receptive to anybody who takes the initiative to seek you out, because of course, that's taking that's, that's indicative of taking massive action. It also is indicative of the fact that they see themselves as worthy and deserving to reach out um, and to sponge up the yummy stuff because they're clearly identified that they're not in a good place or, or they want to create additional change and shift in their lives. So what is your ideal type? client, you know, outside of the fact that they would need to be coachable and uh, and be prepared to surrender some of the things that are clearly not working for them, hence reaching out to you. So what right. what is it? What is a typical client for you? Like, do you have a certain criteria? Um, are there some non-negotiables surrounding, you know, what definitely has to be intact, at least from the initial uh, point of engagement in terms of knowing that this is going to be a successful, productive relationship? Sure. I mean, you know, I- my ideal client, I, I do tend to work with a lot of top performers, but I think of us as all top performers. And yeah. I think if somebody is reaching out, it means they're ready for change. So that is step one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I will show up as a coach 100%. I will make sure that, you know, that I'm as if I'm, you know, in the studio filming the game of my life when I show up to coach for either a group or an individual. I will make sure I get enough sleep. I will make sure I'm fully hydrated. I will make sure I have all the energy I need to bring everything I can to the table so that I can guide this person to where they need to go um, so that they can live a better life. 
Um, in terms of what I need from clients, I need people to actually show up and taking responsibility is number one. They have to be willing to take 100% responsibility for the things that have showed up in their life. And I don't mean, you know, terrible circumstances. I wasn't responsible for being born in South Africa during apartheid, for example. But I mean, take responsibility for the things that we are accountable for. Mm-hmm. So that you can end your suffering and step into positive change and step into your greatness. Um, and then just, you know, follow through and commitment. This doesn't work. This coaching relationship doesn't work if I show up and then people show up. And, you know, if we're putting a plan in place and we're defining goals and they're not willing to meet timelines, well, that doesn't really work. Because right. why am I showing up if you're not showing up for your own life? I'm invested in your life. So you need to be invested in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And tough coach, but. Right. And it's good. I but keep you, it but you have to be. You have to be because it's not about placating people. It's not about being their best friend. It's not about paying lip service and hearing them say uh, or them hearing you say what it is that they might want to hear because that doesn't create change. And it is no. about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, which means that. somebody cares enough about you, values you, respects you, wants your quality of life to be enhanced and enriched enough so that they're going to point out the things that perhaps you're oblivious to because you're too far immersed in things that you're trying to get out of. That's absolutely right. And you know what? Um, So many of us play small in life. And so many of us are hanging on to, you know, we have dreams. We've had them for 10 or 20 years or sometimes more. But we're hanging on to whatever, you know, whatever negative payoff is there that keeps us feeling stuck, that keeps us in our story. Well, in order to do this work, I don't want to see anyone play small. It gives me such great joy to see someone actually transform in front of me and be able to do things they never thought possible. You know, there's a great quote that I heard some time ago, which was, I promise you, your dreams aren't nearly big enough. The ones that scare you, that's where you need to dare to go. I paraphrase totally because... (laughs) Um, I just went in a whole different direction. But the whole point is, you know, I've played small in my life. I've seen hundreds of coaching clients play small in their lives. And the minute you push your boundaries and as you hit the nail on the head when you said you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because the change happens when you push past your comfort zone. Yes. When you push your own personal boundaries and you realize, oh my gosh, I can do more. And then from a neurology and NLP perspective, we can actually, you know, our our brains are wired to actually pay attention to the negative more than the positive. Have you ever noticed very you true. can have, you know, you can have a, you can have a wonderful radio show, let's say, Lisa, and you can have 20 compliments and then you'll get one little negative slip in there and we'll fixate on that, won't we? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you'll do this personally. I'm just, just throwing it out as an example. But I can have, you know, a great show and or a great coaching session or a great workshop and have 20 compliments and one person says, eh, you know, if you just done this, I think it would have been better. And I will fixate on that. Our brains <laughs> are wired to do that. Right. So. The reason that is, is because historically, our ancestors had to run from predators. You know, there really was a proverbial tiger in the bushes when you heard something rustling in the wind. So, you know, they had to get that rush of adrenaline and their fight or flight system had to had to get completely triggered so they could actually run to safety. Um, So we're literally wired that way today. 
because we live in the society we live in, because we live in cities and, and suburban communities, um, we have a very different experience of that. However, because our lives are so busy and they're not slowing down, our fear response has been strengthened over time. And our ability to return to a more natural state gets weakened over time. And so what our brains do is we hang on to that and we hang on to those fears. And then we're presented with, when we're presented with a new challenge, like, oh, you know what? I want to achieve this big goal that I've never done. For example, I want, I want a, a bigger job. And in order to do that, I'm going to need to finish the certification. I'm going to need to do, you know, X, Y, and Z in order to get that position well, what our brains do when we're presented with a new challenge is it immediately it goes to look for, have we done this before? Mm-hmm. It goes to look for a history of success. And if you've started something and stopped, or if you've started something and failed, the brain registers it as a failure. True. So what we do in the work that, that I do with GetZend and with my coaching clients and with the speaking events is I train people how to actually design their life and their goals in a different way. So first define success in a way that excites you particularly. Then define your needs in a way that has you feeling like you're going to be thriving. And then we look at redefining your goals to align with all of that. So you can actually have a life that excites you, not what the magazines or someone else is telling you you should be aspiring to. But like what excites you? What life do you want to live so that you feel happy, safe, secure, supported, connected, passionate about your life, you know? Well, I love how client-centered and client-specific you are because there's a lot of leaders who do what we do in this particular industry mm-hmm. who, you know, have great intentions, have done the work, uh, you know, are really well-intentioned. However, there's still that kind of treating everybody by, you know, painting everybody with the same brush, thinking that right. because they're so indoctrinated into believing that their way of coaching, their way of mentoring is so effective, therefore it would need to be applicable in the way that it's perceived by the instructor or the coach, the mentor, that, you know, we'll just throw it out there to every single client. You, you do have to be, you have to curtail it to the specific needs and the uniqueness of each person you're interfacing with because no two clients, regardless of how similar their issues or challenges are, are the same. Right, exactly. So good for you. I mean, I, I love how client-specific and centered you are. Well, you know, it just dawned on me through all of the work and research I've done over the years that, you know, I get a little nugget in one book or maybe two in another or three in a course or one in another course that I, you know, I paid hundreds of dollars for and spent four whole days sitting in a room for 12 to 15 hours. <laughs> really, all I got was one little thing. Yes. Uh, there's, there's Been there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was powerful. It, you know, it certainly was worth its value. But I thought, what if we could do it in a different way? If we could really just educate people on what would make sense? There are some things that are common to all of us. It's the human journey, right? Mm-hmm. And we do talk about those things and educate on things like how, how the brains are wired, like I just talked about, and how to build a history of success so you can actually retrain your neurology. But there is a personal aspect, and we do have to do that work as well. And we do have to um, you know, address both 
thoughts and feelings as we go through this. You want to be able to address both the heart and the mind so that they work in alignment so you can actually work towards getting your goals and give them more. I mean, I do a lot in a, in a free teaching segment. I do a lot in a webinar. It's 20 years of research in, packed into a three-hour online course or um, but, you know, I'm happy to do it because my whole intention is to make it a real tangible difference. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So what's upcoming for, for you, um, Zara, you know, in terms of things that people might, as a result of you being interviewed today, uh, it might align on the calendar in terms of upcoming webinars, sessions, uh, anything that people would want to reach out to connect with you about specifically you know, could you offer some of these things that perhaps might be upcoming on the calendar that might elicit a little bit more engagement or participation from my viewers? Absolutely. Um, well, right now, if you go to the Get Zend website, so getzend.com, that's G-E-T-Z-E-N-D.com. Sorry, I spelled the American way, Lisa. <laughs> I'm still Canadian at heart, but people don't understand me here if I say it that way. Um, so if you go to getzen.com and just click on the link um, that says see our latest products, mm-hmm. what you'll get is uh, you'll get a link to download the app. Uh, the app is free to download and, and try. We're also going to be revamping the app in the next couple months. So by April 2018, um, it'll be a much more... Um, a much more robust app, including uh, some of the some of the work we're doing in in the book, and also, um, you know, in the retraining neurology. So building new habits. Um, we're going to be releasing our success boot camp as well in the same month. So that's in April, 2018. Right now, if people want to take the if they want to read the book, how do you take your happy? It's available on Amazon. Um, the video workshop, which is, I believe it's three hours long, which is the How Do You Take Your Happy Boot Camp, can be found on transformation.tv. So if you just go uh, www.transformation.tv, Google my name or Google the, the name of the book, and that should come up for you as well. So you can take the Happiness Boot Camp, which basically is an in-depth coaching session, much like I was sort of, I was going through some of the, the finer points today in the in the call with you, Lisa. Um, sorry, in the interview with you um, on, you know, taking that book to another level. So how do you define your needs and why it's so important and a lot of the neuroscience research behind it as well. So that course is already available. And then um, just just go to getzen.com and stay in touch with uh, speaking and coaching events. Uh, we'll be updating our calendar over the next few weeks as well because we're just booking those out. Mm-hmm. Um so I work with, I'm on the faculty for transformation.tv and they are, um, they're, they're a huge online network with multiple best-selling authors and coaches from around the world um, with a number of books that you can, um, and courses as well that you can stream and we're, we're adding new content all the time. Um, so yeah, stay, stay up to date by uh, either downloading the app or getting onto the getzen.com website. You can also follow us on social media. So if you look for us at getzend on Instagram or getzend on Facebook and, and um, you'll get our blogs, you'll get articles, you'll get updates on all of our key dates there as well and what's coming up. 
Lovely. Well, I have to say, as somebody who follows you and is connected with you on a couple of different platforms, you have fantastic content. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, you're very relevant, you're very current, you're very consistent, and you're very committed. And I absolutely love that about you and respect that about you, Zara. And thank I just want to say, for as busy as you are and knowing that you are one of those people who is very much a creative spirit and is always thinking ahead and is trying to up their own game and make improvements and enhancements, knowing that that's going to be for the overall benefit. Uh, for the collective of not only the clients that you currently serve, but the new people that have yet to interface with you and come through your doors. So I just want to say for all your contributions, for all your sacrifices, for being fiercely committed, not only by honoring yourself, but knowing that there's a bigger picture and knowing that we are all connected and really just wanting everybody to sponge up what I believe is their birthright, the yumminess and all the good things that do in (laughs) fact exist, but it is a choice whether you choose to embrace that. And embracing that and being fully receptive to that usually means you have to simultaneously relinquish a lot of the other things, whether it be your lack of deservability, your lack of worthiness, etc. So I just want to say I think you're phenomenal. Uh, I really personally and professionally appreciate you for your contributions to the planet and um, you're certainly welcome and invited to come back here at any other time down the road knowing that there's always going to be exponentially uh, growth and momentum on your end in which to share with the listening audience uh, which is a win-win for everybody so would love to have you back please know that and um I just want to say to the listening audience, thank you so very much for taking time out of your schedule for tuning in to myself and Zara here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. As you know, we go live every Friday with a new guest at 8 a.m. Pacific. Uh, 10 Central, 11 Eastern on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Want to once again extend my gratitude to the loyal listeners, the podcast subscribers. We're now hovering around half a million Living Fearlessly podcast subscribers, which couldn't be doing this alone if not for your investment, your kind testimonials, your feedback, uh, and really just embracing all the yumminess that we extend to you here on the program uh, and allowing us to further embrace our passions here. So I just want to once again thank uh, Holton Honda and Forever for sponsorship and for C-Suite Radio Network which to remind you once again if you didn't hear it at the top of the hour you can certainly find uh, eventually the podcast link of this interview on my host page also Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald so I want to uplift you to fear less and to live more I want to wish you a fantastic weekend love and gratitude to all of you look forward to hearing back from you again and if you have any questions or show topic ideas or suggestions please reach out to me at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com take care all my best love and gratitude to you Zara Thank you so much, Lisa, and uh, thank you for the touching and very kind words and for your time today as well. I'd love to be on the show again, and I think I'm going to use your your expression, the yumminess, because I really love that. <laughs> I think it's a wonderful way to express the work we do. Well, you said a few things that certainly resonated with me that I'll be uh, reciting and paraphrasing myself, so thank you. My pleasure. Hope Take care, speak. everybody. All my best. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.